Hi, I'm Walter Harvey, the senior pastor at Parklawn Assembly of God. Parklawn is a church that both regular attenders and even unchurched people love to attend. Why? Perhaps it's because we seek real and authentic relationships. We're a multicultural church that's engaged in volunteerism and outreach in our community and world. Let's face it, we live in a real world. Young people are facing challenges in their school, relationships, and career choices. That's why we're focused on practical matters, such as making faith work in family, career, and community issues. If you're tired of church as usual, or you don't go to church at all, then Park Lawn Assembly of God could be the perfect place for you. Come check it out this weekend. We have services each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Park Lawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon. This is week three of Authentic Families, Authentic Relationships, where we're taking an experiential journey to understand one another. You're given opportunities to hear from your own family, your own Parklawn family, where they're transparent, opening up their hearts, sharing their experiences. And you're given the opportunity to step outside of yourself, to step in and to partner with them to understand them more. And by understanding them, we hope to see that walls will be broken down. And as those walls are being broken down, that opportunities for new relationships or deeper relationships can actually be formed. These are all skills that we're giving you opportunity to practice and implement in preparation for June when we're going to run our summer-wide initiative on neighboring in Milwaukee with your own neighbors. So today, we have the amazing privilege of having our Silver Saints. And for those who don't know, Silver Saints um, is not 16 over, it's actually 55. If you qualify for AARP, you qualify for Silver Saints. But all that we'll get into a little bit later. As I was thinking about this uh, today or uh, over the week, God really put it on my heart that we have a treasure with our seniors at our home, in our homes, in our families, and in the family of God. And for the seniors out there, you all truly are a treasure that God has put inside of you. Yet it's true, it, I think about how easy it is for me to walk by and miss that treasure because we're caught up looking at the outside and we don't know what actually is on the inside. So whether it's opportunities to build a relationship, to grow itself, have needs met, be able to meet a need, we don't know because we don't know what's actually on the inside. So today I'd just like to take a couple minutes before our panel actually comes out. And I would like to talk on the intentionality of acceptance or an acceptant heart. So again, the intentionality of an acceptant heart. And out of this, uh, I will start off in uh, Psalms 
chapter 133, verses 1 through 2, where it reads, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And in this scripture here, when it talks on unity, it's not unity where, hey, listen, we're just going to get a meeting together with a bunch of cats and we're all just standing together. That's not the unity that we're talking about here. This is more of a deep spiritual unity that comes in place. The type of unity where many parts make up one body of Christ is the type of unity where now it actually pleases God because he designed it and he was an architect. And we know that in this case, this is a deeper unity because in verse two, it reads that it is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down to the collar of his robe. If we turn around and look at, it's really interesting how when we look at anointing oil, it's broken up into four main components. Uh, you have your liquid myrrh, you have fragrant cinnamon, you have uh, calamus, and you have cassia or cassia. And if we turn around and we look at what is going to build in our unity, there's four components that we really want to be able to look at as well. So Paul talked about this type of unity in Romans. So I'm just going to jump over there for a second. And in Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 7, Paul reads, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this love thy neighbor as thyself, coming together in unity, building relationships, all of it still in the end is all about glorifying God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Paul gives us the next step as the key to building that part in is accept one another. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. When we talk about acceptance, we're not looking at the idea of having to be able to agree with someone or even approve. As a matter of fact, approval is the last thing that we're even thinking about. When we think about acceptance, we're looking at accepting who God has created another person to be, meeting them where they're at, and all of what God brings forth through them. That's it. But there's some steps that come to acceptance. It's kind of hard to be, it's kind of hard to be in a position to accept. When we hear the word accept, it, it kind of sounds like, oh, like I'm receiving, you know, like I'm accepting, a, I'm accepting, you know, a bill or I'm accepting, you know, a meal or whatever the case may be. It's not that type of acceptance. This type of acceptance takes work. It's an intentionality that comes into play. But there's a powerful gift that comes after it. 
So in here, we look at just as with our anointing oil, there are four main components. There's four main components that are built in with acceptance. And the first one is to understand that everyone has an absolute worth. And when we look at that, it's just the ability to see someone where they are right now without judgment. But then to turn around and to be able to see the uniqueness and the individuality that Christ created in them. You can later turn around and look at Jeremiah 29, 11, but you can also look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 18 through 20. And when we look there, it's interesting, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. See, you, the worth is already there because God so saw it that he designed where you're going to fit, where we fit itself. We all have a specific place that we're supposed to fulfill it with a purpose. The next part that comes in is the need for accurate empathy, to be empathic. And to be empathic is to turn around and to take an active interest in another person's world. To be able to turn around and to see their perspective. And that can be hard because to see someone else's perspective means I have to step outside of my own. That means that I can't look with my biases or what I think is right. Actually, it's not even about what's right or wrong. It's just looking and accepting whether I agree with it or not, but looking and to understand where someone else is coming from. So it's powerful when we begin to see that now, not judging, I'm just seeking to understand, which is the challenge that we have here today. So in that case, we're looking at 1 Corinthians. You can look at it later at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. I'll read it real quick. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. The other component that comes in is affirmations. And that's the search and the acknowledgement of another's strengths. To understand someone's strengths, to understand their gifts, that takes time. That takes time spent to connect, to reach out to seek to know them more beyond just what their name is. And then as we begin to understand their strengths, we speak that into their life and we're building and we're encouraging, which is all what the love of Christ is about. Because it's not about us, it's about others. And then it's crazy how God designed it, but then that's how the body of Christ all becomes one and it fits where we have all these diverse parts that look like they don't fit, but they actually do. Because it's not, because our focus isn't on us. Then the last part is the autonomy or the right to your own direction. And that simply is coming from the standpoint that we're not seeking to control. We're not seeking to say that this is how you have to live itself when they're they have the right, just as in God set it up for free will to make their decisions. But through God, we accept, we pray, and we're there with them, but we're not in control. 
the thing that I think I, I like to think about the most here is fixers. How many of us naturally want to solve every problem that we look at? Hmm? Yeah. We'll talk about that more tonight, today. But the idea here is that not to be a fixer, but to step out. And if we can do that, if we can have a heart where we are prepared to take that type of adventure, now we have a heart of acceptance like Christ had for us, where he's always there, ready for us when we're ready to receive him, how he loves us, how he sees us with the lens of God and he can speak that life into us, how we always see that absolute worth that's built in. If we can do that, it's amazing when someone feels accepted now they're in a position where they're ready to grow. They're ready to reach out. They're ready to connect. And who knows what may, we just might find out. Because today with our panel that's coming, we have our silver saints. Isn't it kind of crazy in Exodus 7 verses 6 through 9 that Moses was about 83? Aaron was about 80? when they led the Egyptians, or when they led the Hebrews out of Egypt, that's not our silver saints, not all of our silver saints, but some of our silver saints. It's crazy what we might actually be able to have access to. It's crazy what we might actually be able to do, but it takes an intentional step. So it's more than saying hi, is actually working to seek to build those relationships. God's the architect, and he has the, how all of this works in such a beautiful and amazing way. But he's given us the instructions. All we have to do is follow it. So with that part being said, I would like us to, with a with heart of acceptance, that's seeking to understand, especially, prepare our hearts with a sweet smelling aroma that would have come from just those ingredients with the oil. Right now we're gonna have uh, Penny come on out and have a description for what our Silver Saints are as we are preparing now for our next phase. Thank you, Pastor Mims. Good morning, Parkline. I am Penny Wilburn. And I would like to thank our Bishop and First Lady in their absence for giving us this opportunity for our voices to be heard on this morning. Amen. I stand before you briefly to introduce the Silver Saints here at this house. The Silver Saints is a group of seniors who attend Parkline Assembly of God, but not necessarily exclusive to Parkline members. The group consists of both women and men. However, at predominantly ladies, just to set the record straight, what is not? It is not 
a senior daycare. Amen. <laughs> Everyone is alert and oriented to person, place, time, and to events. Although some may have physical limitations of age or other related health issues, we do know that disabilities can occur at any time in life. However, shared among all are knowledge, wisdom, diversity, love, and living life to its fullness. The Silver Saints meet monthly on the second Wednesday of each month. It is a luncheon gathering including a meal, prayer, and a devotional reading with discussion on the Word of God. Our seniors are doing what is important, and that is staying involved in family, church, and community service while maintaining a connection to each other and to God's unchanging Word. Many of the seniors are MVPs in more than one service in the church. We support each other with planned social group outings, donations to Rescue Mission, Senior Fest 2018, a fun and resource information event, that is, Grandparents' Day, we also co-sponsor mother and daughter's tea and more. For a moment, just consider your own understanding and perception of the seniors in the families, in your families and roles, excuse me. These seniors are not necessarily limited to parent or grandparent, but also may include aunts, uncles, older siblings, cousins, as well as older family and friends. What kind of interactions do you have with these individuals to create a closer and better relationship? Today, a few of our seniors will share with you some personal experiences and views to foster an understanding of who they are and what has brought about a lifestyle change and spiritual breakthrough. The silver, the silver saints, as you look around the congregation, are not with all silver or gray hair like myself. Ladies and men know that this can change from day to day, amen? I'm just keeping it real. We are talking about the precious silver that has been washed in the blood this morning. We are talking about a faith that has been polished and ready to share God's love and words of wisdom to others. And before I depart on this morning, I would just like to leave with you remember if you can't use these words of wisdom 
Everything is perfect in your life this morning. Everything is going good. Tomorrow. Can I hear tomorrow? Is yet to come. So I would like to say to you, sit back, listen and see what the seniors have to share with you today. God bless you all. doesn't know, Lawrence is probably one of like three brothers in this church who can give a, a harder or equal grip, like hand grip and hug, just like myself. So uh, you know, we talk about living young, long, that's all right there in his heart. So I praise God right now for um, our panel here today and what's going to be shared. But let's just take a moment, please, just to have everyone introduce yourselves, um, and uh, then we'll begin. So we're going to ask for your, um, Denise, why don't you start, please? Good morning, everybody. My name is Denise Lamar Everett, and I've been here at Parlon four years, okay, five years, cue for my daughter. Um, yeah, I've been, and been with the Silver Saints maybe two years now. Good morning, everybody. My name is Gladys Taylor, and I'm gonna let you all do the math. I've been at Parkline now since 2002, and I've been with the Silver Saints a little over a year. My name is Minister Ruby Williams, and I've been here since um, 2007, 12 years. My name is Pat Adams, and I'm 72 years old, and I've been a member of Parkline uh, for about 30 years. I came in the 80s. Good morning. My name is Marilyn Bates. I've been at Parkland 30 years. I've been with the Senior Saints, I guess, since inception, basically. And I'm blessed to be part of this panel and a senior to show that we are blessed and we're thankful to God. Good morning, my name is Brunetta Sword. Uh, I just recently turned 70 as a Friday. And um, thankful to God. Um, and um, I've been a member of Park Lawn off and on. I was here a few years ago, uh, left for a short period of time. 
uh, to spend time with my daughter. And um, so it's been, I would say collectively, about seven years that I've been at Park Law. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lewis Town, and uh, I've been a member here since 1987. I think that's 32 years. And hey, I'm a senior. I've been married for 36 years. I'm seeing it. Hey. Good morning, congregation. I love you all. I've been at Parkland. I don't remember around about uh, maybe seven or eight years. But I've been coming to first and second service all that time because I needed the prayers and y'all gifts, you know. <laughs> My birthday was uh, Friday, March 1st. I made 71 years old. God is so good and scary. I mean, with all, with all y'all gifts and Y'all spirits, I remember when I first came in, but I'll talk to you that later. You know? <laughs> I better hush up. They shouldn't have gave me no bike. <laughs> so, in the name of Jesus, um, it's funny, uh, we would look and say that. Uh, in Psalms 92, 12 through 14, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. So, Let's just begin, um, Glass, if you don't mind, what is uh, your role as a grandparent in the family, in your family? My role as a grandparent in my family, first of all, I have eight grandchildren, I have two god-grandsons, and I know all of them. I know each one of them by name. I know their likes and dislikes, and they very well know mine, because I have a utensil in my room called a back scratcher, and all of them have come in contact with it. So I would say that my oldest grandson that is 16 years old, when he was little and he used, to, about three or four, he used to come to my house. And when his mom come to pick him up, he would get his bag, he'll give it to his mom, tell her to go change his clothes and bring him back. And when he go outside to get in the car, he'll run down the street. It's like, I'm not going home. I want to stay at Granny's house. I have a 14-year-old. He has his own hmm, mind, identity, everything you want to say. First of all, he said, I don't like school. And he would tell you he don't like school. He go to school because he know he have to, but he don't like school. I have 
a 12 year old, I would say he's my special child. And the reason I say my special child, because he was reading the Bible when he was five years old. He could pick it up, he could read it, and tell you what he has read. His name is London. I have two daughters, they're like nine and 11. She soon will be 10. The thing about them is they have their own identity as well. One of them wants to be, uh, wants to knit with her hand. The other one wants to be a cook. I said, hmm, okay. And then I have my little Logan, which he's at my house all the time. He lives with me. When I first started taking chemo, he came to me. When he get home from school, he would say something like, Granny, do you need anything? Granny, do you need some ice water? Granny, do you this and granny, do you that? That was my compassion one. And then I have a Zachary and a Zariel. They're two and three. They're sisters and brothers, but they want to fight all the time. And they have to come in contact with Miss Backscratcher. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. You're at Granny's house and we won't have that. They told me that I'm supposed to speak about my role in my family. And like I said, I know all of my grandkids. I know all of them by name. My two godsons, one is Jay and one is Amori. Amori is going off to college this year. Jay was given to me when he was six weeks old. And I was supposed to babysit him. I'm supposed to babysit him. I'm retired. What are you talking about? They said, well, it's just going to be for a little while. It, one year went into two years. Two years went into three years. When he left there, he was on his way to K-5 kindergarten. But I can say, he, they are all awesome kids. They love their granny, and I love them. And that's my role as a grandparent in my family. Thank you, Gladys. When we're listening to these answers, uh, one of the things that we would like for the audience to keep in mind, think about, as we're talking about family and their experiences, translate that to the house of God. Because when we look at purpose and roles, just as in Gladys knows her children intimately, not just their names and activities they do, but who they are. We have that ability, we have that resource even in our church, to be able to have that in our church, to be known, for the children to be known, for others to be known, and to have that part built in, that's in our heart. And just as much as a grandparent role in the family, we have it also in the family of God. Um, Minister Ruby, uh, would you like to answer that question? Well, my role as a grandparent is to make sure that I don't turn into the parent. I'm a grandparent. I have 27 grandchildren, and I have eight great-grandchildren, of whom I'm all proud to say that nobody's in jail. And um, so my role is to, like, encourage them 
they, I have rules at my house, and everybody know my rule. If you spend Saturday night at my house, you come to church on Sunday morning. You're not going home until after church. So that's a good thing because I don't have company on Saturday night. <laughs> so my one experience with that is I had a granddaughter that was in the Air Force, and she came home, and she stayed with me. Well, she went out Saturday night, and she thought that if she came in at 3, which she couldn't get in, so she slept in her car. So at 6 o'clock, I acted like I didn't, you know, I said, did you try to call me? She said, yeah. I said, well, where you at? She said, well, I'm in the car. I said, come on in. So she came on in, and she thought she was going to get ready to go to bed. I said, oh, no, honey, we're going to church. So she put on the worst clothes that she had. And uh, I know, you know, I knew when she went out, she just dressed to kill. And um, so I said, well, that's fine. I said, I could see her eyes rolling. I had to go in my bedroom, in the closet, bury my face in a pillow, because I was laughing. Because I saw her eyes just go all up in her head, like, oh, you know. But we came to church, and then as we came in, I said, well, honey, you know I'm an altar worker, so we're gonna sit down front. And so we came down and sat down front with me, and she knew she could not go to sleep. Now, she knew this. And so, you know, I, I love my grandkids. I love all of them. And uh, my role is to encourage them spiritually, uh, to not judge them because this is a new breed of kids, and um, not to make any judgments about them. I'm trying to accept some of the stuff that they're going through. I can't handle the colored hair, but hey, I'm working on it. Just taking, um, in keeping in uh, to account just for the time, we're going to probably reduce our answers to about a minute and a half uh, going here. But um, Pat, if you could tell us what accomplishment are you in your life most proud of and why? I worked at the YWCA and I was a director of one of the programs there. And what brought me the greatest joy was uh, facilitating a program on healthy relationships. And it was uh, for our W2 population the Y had received some funding in order to be able to do this. And it was a secular program with secular views about relationships. And one of the things that I wanted to be able to do was to incorporate biblical principles, which would have been crossing the line. So I asked the Lord, how can I do this? He said, speak to them in everyday language. They'll see your light my light in you. So I was able to interject biblical principles with reference to healthy relationships, undetected, but received by that population and embraced that population. They were thirsty for that point of view. So I felt that was accomplishment, giving glory to God for that. meeting people where they're at. And it's crazy. Now, this is the first time I heard that uh, 
I worked with the YWCA. So it's amazing, just in conversation, just what we learn. Um, Brunetta, if you don't mind, could you answer the question, what accomplishments are you most proud of and why? Um, one of the accomplishments that I'm mostly uh, proud of is having worked at, I retired from MATC as a director of recruitment, testing, and student employment. Um, there were several things that I did that I, I was very proud of. I broke several um, records in student enrollment and um, learned a lot about how to work with people of multiple cultures. Uh, I had people of all different cultures representing my department. And so it became really important to me to learn how to relate to them. Um, and, and again, like Pat, it meant taking the spirit of God that was in me to another level. Um, when they had losses in their family, making sure I was there. Uh, for their family, or for them, and in their funerals, and making sure that I taught them how to relate with respect one to another. So I did a lot of team building, I did a lot of relationship building, so that they also knew how to relate to the community that we were seeking to come to MATC. The other area that um, I think was my biggest accomplishment was when I was asked by Bishop to uh, work um, as a, the coordinator for his consecration and for the 105th anniversary here at uh, Parklawn. It was, it was an outstanding um, endeavor for me. Um, but it was the one particular thing that I've done in all my life that I knew I didn't have to work hard. It was a lot of work, and we did work hard, but it didn't feel like it. I found out what it meant to have the grace of the Lord upon you, the favor of God upon you, and to know that he would always open the door, always make the way, always send the right people to do what needed to be done without me having to worry about it, without me having to struggle with it. All of those things were done by the spirit of the living God. That was the one thing that I felt was that I'm most proud of um, and that it just stays with me in my spirit. So that's my story. I hear, uh, as I'm listening, especially with Pat and Brunetta, um, Isaiah 40, 31, but those who keep waiting for the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. So it's powerful when we turn around and uh, we hear how everything starts and ends with God, but we're also hearing gifts. We're also hearing talents. We're also hearing uh, purpose that's coming in. So, and I love the, the best is yet to come. Denise, could you share a time when a significant period in your life, it may have been connected with tragedy or trauma that has impacted where God has you today. 
Yes, I can, Jason. Um, my husband and my brother were both murdered. And it was really, a, really a trying time for me. I actually lived like, I want to say a hermit. I wouldn't even go to my doors. In August, I would raise my windows like this. Now, mind you, I live upstairs, and I would raise my windows up like this because I was afraid, as far as my husband's death goes. I was afraid that, um, that somebody would come into my house or would meet me outside because he's never been caught, okay? And it took me a while. It, it was actually, a, like I said, a process for me to get over this event. Um, I had a friend, her name was Reverend Gray. I talked to her about it and we went down to CYD, um, Homicide Support Group. Excuse me, because I get a little choked up when I start talking about it, but I'm, I'm okay. Um, we went to the Homicide Group and there, I, under the leadership of Janetta Robinson, she was counseling me and I could see other people who was going through the same thing that I was going through. And in going through that, I learned, I did not lessen my, what happened to me, but I seen the hurt in other people. And to me, their hurt was more, was greater than my hurt. And so it led me to where I am now, where I'm able to talk to other people and communicate with them and let them know it's going to be all right. Because see, I had to call upon the Lord and ask him to give me peace. And when he gave me that peace, I'm telling you, unless you get the peace of God, that surpasses all understanding. I can't tell y'all what it's like. I can't tell you just how great a feeling it was. And this is a gift that I, I keep telling people, I don't know if that's me, but I have been told by many, I didn't discover my gift. People have been telling me I have this gift to talk to them and, and to listen to them, which I do know I can listen and I do listen. So this is what I offer to the body of Christ now. This is how the mind of Christ has helped me to be more like him. Thank you, Denise. Transparency is a gift. And when that is given, we receive it. One, we receive it with silence. There's a power in silence. But two, empathy. And you don't have to go through the experience that Denise went through. No one can because it's specific for Denise. Although I'm confident that there are people here that are either experiencing or have been there before. But if we, when you're listening to Denise, and you're listening to our panel members, can connect with their heart, their emotion. What was difficult in my life, hard in my life, where I felt that tragic loss and I didn't see how to move forward. Now you can connect with Denise. So, um, Lawrence, what spiritual gift are you using to bless the body of Christ? <laughs> oh, yeah. Minute and a half. Oh, I'm ready to tell you. I wish you would ask me about a tragedy I had, but I'll say that later. The 
gift I, I, the gift I really have that I didn't know I had. When I came to this church years ago, uh, I messed around with gangsters. I messed around with gangsters, period. I got thrown out of a car on the expressway and shot. I was in a coma. I have an identical twin brother. Listen to me, listen to me good. I have an identical twin brother. My twin brother got killed and mistakenly of being me. That hurt me. I ran around with that for years. I ran around with that for years. I got the people that did it. The Lord gave me some justice. But uh, I was a bad boy. <laughs> Until I came to Parkline. I told somebody this was a setup. As soon as I came through them doors, Bobby, the Ursha, she hit me, you know, grabbed me. And her, I stayed right across the street from her. And I talked to her son all the time. But when I came here, I felt a welcome sense of, I felt God. I felt welcome. I, was, I, I felt where. No matter how I looked or dressed, I was accepted by the members of this church. I mean, you got yours that's up in you know, but I got two of them in the long run. That's still showing up. I got two of real good. By keeping my direction and my focus cars. It was a setup when I came in here. I tell people it was a setup because I wanted to go all the way with Jesus, you know. I want to go all the way. And by me going all the way, I always thought when I seen, I seen people doing the Holy Spirit and talking in tongues, by the way I was, oh, that's a car game. You know? Oh, that's a car game. I'm standing in the aisle and I'm starting to move around. You know, what's all this moving, you know? I'm starting to shake, moving my hands. And it was a spirit that was growing in me. Elder Hopper, I have to say this is why I got this mic. His mother always sat in front of her. Your mother-in-law. <laughs> it seems like she was shooting the X-ray vision through the back of my head. I mean, really shoot the sin out of me. And then the bishop got up. Uh, after I was here a couple of years, the bishop got up and started talking. He was saying, he was saying, everybody should have a focus on what they're going to do in church. Everybody should find where to be put at, you know. And I'm standing up there, I'm standing up there. I dance anyway. I dance in the streets. I'm good at what I did. But I'm up there just watching, and I say, hmm, something got in me, you know. I say, I'm going to go out for the praise team. I'm going to go out for the praise team. But what I didn't know but what, what I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. It's just something I wanted to do. But when I, TJ, when she was here, they, she started training me and she told me something. She said, now when you get up on that stage, something gonna happen. I got up on this stage and I was praising my Lord and reaching for more. And he gave me what I was reaching for. I got a burning sensation inside of me. I mean, I felt this sensation, and the church is closed on a, on a Monday. I'm just sitting at home, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm gonna run up to the church. 
the bishop was coming out the door. I said, Bishop, Bishop, I said, what's wrong with me? You know, I got this sensation all up in me. He said, just let it grow. Let it grow. Oh, it can grow into something. I'm really, I tie this shit. See, I don't want to, I, I don't want nothing to tie this shit because it, it's so, like some people talk, some people talk in tongues, some people preach in tongues. I dance in my tongues because the feeling that come out of me, I be reaching for the sky. I think I'm a, I think I'm a flag, you know. But by me, I know. He said, kick me. He said, you finish talking. <laughs> I told you to shake me, gave me this mic. <laughs> But God is good. That's one of my gifts, though. Amen. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, I offer that, um, just as much as uh, Lawrence's passion was there in the streets, it carries over here. Um, and that we're not all perfect, but we come with an authentic heart. And that's what we see. Um, Really quick, uh, Marilyn. Um, so, can you let us know? Finish the statement. I knew I had reached senior citizen status when. Good morning again. I reached senior citizen status that when people just automatically stop and open doors for you. That um, you know, I said I do have a little disability, but regardless. The one that's shining like they had some experience with the Lord. And then I, too, have the young people that come in and look like they've had no Christian knowledge to have them do that. And I'm a type of person that, when I'm a grandmother that went, uh, a senior, I should say, that when people see me, that if I get eye contact with anyone, I'm going to speak to them. And then, too, that just say at a cashier or whatever, I will tell anyone to have a blessed name and be blessed by our Lord and Savior. And being a grandmother that uh, just by they doing things for you that normally wouldn't have been thought upon doing, people running errands for you and helping me when I'm walking and different things like that, and I'm blessed. And so I know I'm a senior, but I'm very young at heart. I know, I know that I've lived the life and I know I'm blessed, I'm respected by most people. I can't say everyone, because I know that's not a reality. But um, young people, they look up to me, they come to me and they ask me questions. And when you hear what they ask you, you know they're asking you because of your life and you might have had some sort of experience pertaining to what they're asking you about. So people come to you for wisdom and I hope God has blessed me with wisdom, and I look to him for guidance and everything. And I hope everyone that sees me know that I'm blessed and I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm not perfect. I have my worldly vices, but God knows my heart is on Amen. him. Amen. Yes. Yes. Not everything that we expect is just coming out, off on a traditional Sunday, right? This is where we're really beginning people hear people's hearts. Uh, Marilyn, thank you. Um, Lewis. Oh, Lewis. Uh huh. Last. You got to give more than two words. All right. So, since becoming a senior, 
have you found freedom in just being who you are? Um, how so? Since I became a Mike. I'm so used to talking because I got a lot of boys. I don't like using anything. I'm Still got to use the mic. Can y'all hear me now? Use the mic. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Uh, okay, see, I'm not used to all this. So thank you all for being since I became a senior, <laughs> since I became a senior, and I'm, yes I am, I'm pretty well comfortable in my own skin. Uh, I don't use the phrase, I've been there, done that, because of some of the things that I have been, uh, I'm so used to not just talking. <laughs> what was the question you asked me? <laughs> A senior moment. I'm getting more exhausted than I was yes. at Kids yes. Blast over here. Yes. Um, yes. All right. So, since becoming a senior, have you found freedom in just being who you are? Give an example. Give an example. I just gave. <laughs> you really just seen one. I forgot my lines and stuff. <laughs> you had told me about a time where uh, it's okay to. Cry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One thing what I really found out was my uh, church family that I really found out that since I really became a senior that I really learned how to cry. I remember the time that, you know, us men was told when you coming up, that one thing a man don't do is cry and apologize. I found out that's not true. In my senior years, you can verify with my wife, I cried. And throughout my crime, I found peace in that crime. In there, I really found peace and joy in there. And uh, you know, most time I seen, I seen a lot of women's crying days when they have emotion and stuff. Now I understand why they do it because they really find peace at the end of it. Yes, 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 yeah. And that's what I really have found in my life since being a senior. I don't find peace. And God done showed me favor in my life since I been, became a singer. You know, I know I wasn't asked this, but I am one of my proudest accomplishments is uh, throughout, throughout my hard work, it showed off. I got a chance to move out in Mequon, move out in the suburb. I'm very proud of that. Of uh, being a black man coming up in this city. When I came here in this city, I accomplished a lot of things through my Heavenly Father. I worked out in the cold weather, the city of Milwaukee for 35 years. I know my heavenly father there with me, carried me through that cold weather. I couldn't have did it by myself. It, it makes no sense to no one taking out all that credit that I did that. No, you did not do it. My heavenly father was there with me. Yes, and I give him all the grace, all the power. I do. Because without him, I'm nothing. Thank you. I mean it. I, I, hey, look, I mean it. I'm a little more tired than I was at Kids Blast with you all. Um, there's a reality over here. Um, there's a couple of themes that with our with our Silver Saints, the best is yet to come. Um, and um, what I heard through this panel, and I praise God for you all, is I heard experiences, I heard life, I heard passion, I heard that we're ready to give to connect and do relationship um, and to give back. 
and they have a lot to give. If we just listen just at the glimpse of what was opened up uh, into their lives, how uh, can us connect with them? How much more can we gain from them and also can they gain from us uh, through connection? and development, just as we're doing it, and as we talk about it, not just for our panelists here, but think about at home. For the seniors you have at home, what is the relationship like? What opportunities do you now see that you potentially could have? And here in the body of Christ. This is what we're doing. Um, I'm gonna close this out right now because of the time and say that, um, Proverbs 20, 29, the glory of the young is their strength. The gray hair of experience is the splendor of the old. There is pride, there is pride, there is pride in being a silver saint, in being a senior. Parkline Assembly of God exists to share the light, life, and love of Jesus Christ. As a part of this mission, join us for special services, workshops, and encounters. Park Lawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon.